You're listening to Lewis Silkin Radio. Hello and welcome to our in-house employment lawyers coffee break. I'm Lucy Lewis. And I'm David Lorimer. And you're joining us for a 10 minute coffee break to talk through the latest developments and practical takeaways for this month. This is the second episode of our new podcast series for in-house employment lawyers. Lewis Silkin has been running an in-house employment lawyers community known as iHelk for 20 years. And in that time, it's grown to over 500 lawyers. So welcome to you all. David, let's get going. You're going to cover our first development this month, which is news that the Workers' Protection Act finally became law on the 26th of October. Yes, thanks, Lucy. I'm going to talk about the snappily titled Worker Protection Brackets Amendment of Equality Act Act. The name is a bit misleading, though. By the time it passed, it was a play of one act, not two, introducing, as it does, a single new duty. That's the duty to take reasonable steps to prevent sexual harassment of your employees in the course of their employment. It's one of those reasonably rare things, an obligation on employers to take proactive measures, in this case, to prevent sexual harassment. It's going to come into force in October 2024, So there is almost a year to get ready, but we say I think there's plenty to do in that time. The million dollar question is, what does reasonable steps mean? Well, characteristically and helpfully, there's no current guidance on this, either in the new law or outside it. The Equality and Human Rights Commission has said it's going to update its technical guidance on sexual harassment to reflect the new duty. So I'm sure we'll all look forward to tucking into that in the new year. So practically, what should we be getting on with now then? Well, look, there's no silver bullet, as is always the case, but we think the closest thing to it is proper training. Now, training is no longer just a buzzword for something that an employee does when they join and they never do again. The one and done, or even a kind of generic training repeated annually approach, well, that's increasingly being criticised by employment tribunals. Instead, we think employers should be providing up-to-date, tailored and situational training where they can. It should aim to clearly identify what sexual harassment in the workplace looks like. It should help staff avoid the threat of harassment. And it should give bystanders the means to support the victim or, even if appropriate in some circumstances, safely intervene. There's also a role for reporting. So creating central reporting registers for complaints about all forms of harassment, not just sexual harassment, as well as making sure there's clear, well-publicised and accessible avenues for reporting complaints about harassment. Well, those steps are also important. Now, the lawyer's answer to the question of what should we do is always carry out risk assessments. But in this case, I think that's pretty prevalent. Um, They can really help in proactively identifying hazards and really showing that you thought through what the risks were to your workforce. So, for example, you might dive into the risk of gender and power imbalances or customer facing roles, giving rise to extra risk of harassment and inform steps to reduce risks on that front. Of course, as always, you should make sure that policy decks are up to date and they're not just sat in a dusty company handbook that no one's read since 1999. Um, Policies should make it clear who they apply to. They should be regularly updated. They should be communicated clearly and signposted. And they should focus really on the positives of inclusion as well as equality. 
Now, even though the um, proposed part of this act that related to liability for third-party harassment, well, that fell away during the debates, inaction in response to harassment by, for instance, members of the public, well, that can still lead to liability, as the audience will well know. So we think it would also be sensible to think about third-party-facing steps, and that might include visible signs in customer areas explaining that harassment's not tolerated and providing a means for bystanders to report instances, for example. Finally, for now, do check in with your employee resource groups if you have them and and ask them for their view on the steps you propose to take. Never forget the old adage when it comes to DE&I, nothing about us without us. We've produced an insight article covering the new act and the links in the notes, so please do check that out for more information. Thank you, David. I've got the lovely job of discussing the government's just announced plans to legislate on holiday entitlement and pay. And in what's an early Christmas present for employment lawyers, the government has finally responded to its consultation on holiday pay. And it set out some draft regulations. Now, those regulations are going to come into into force on the 1st of January next year. That's because, as you'll know, we see the end of EU supremacy on the 31st of December. So the government has had to legislate. And the changes are going to impact the majority of employers. The important thing to say is we've got a very lengthy article covering all the changes on our website. So I'm just going to focus on three key points. The first one is that what is included in holiday pay has finally been decided. So you'll know that EU case law saying that holiday pay must be included in overtime and commission is the position that we've got at the moment. That position is going to be enshrined in UK legislation Interestingly, only for the four weeks of EU leave, not the additional 1.6 weeks or eight days UK leave that sits up on top of that. One of the things the government looked at in the consultation was whether to merge those two pots of leave. So lose this distinction between EU leave and UK leave. The government have decided not to do that. So we'll still have these two pots of leave and the UK additional leave could be paid at basic pay only. But we know in speaking to you, most employers don't distinguish between pay rates. It's too difficult from a systems perspective. So we would expect most people will want the rules to apply across the board. We know that most employers have already adjusted their holiday approach to reflect the EU rules. In that case, it doesn't affect you so directly. But if you're one of those people that didn't do that, if you were taking a watch and wait approach, then you are going to need to take some steps quite quickly to put your your holiday pay calculation onto a more compliant footing. If you're in GB, remember that claims for miscalculating holiday pay could only look back two years. So there is some comfort in limitation on liability there. The second point Rolled up holiday pay is going to be allowed for some people. I think this will probably be welcome to lots of you. As you know, rolled up holiday pay, so paying holiday pay at the same time as basic pay, was held to be unlawful by the ECJ. It was thought that it discouraged workers from taking time off. It is now going to be allowed, but only for irregular hours or part year workers. So it's not going to be allowed for everybody. And the calculation will be 12.07% of all the work done. That, in our experience, is the calculation that people were using. So no big surprises there. It's important to remember that rolled up holiday pay doesn't mean that workers can start working 52 weeks of the year and not take any holiday. There will still be an onus on employers to ensure that workers take holiday. The, The difference is that if they take holiday, they wouldn't then be paid for it because the pay would already have been accounted for. 
And the third point is about how you accrue holiday. And it addresses that quite difficult Harper and Brazel decision. And the government have decided to introduce a brand new provision for how irregular and part year workers will accrue leave. And this will take effect from holiday years that be starting from the 1st of April 2024. And if you're an irregular hours or part year worker, you'll accrue annual leave on the last day of each pay period. And you'll accrue that leave at the rate of 12.07% of the number of hours that you worked in the pay period. And that's subject to a maximum of 28 days per year. That's the bit that addresses the Harper and Brazil point that you couldn't prorate holiday down and the, the slightly odd results of that. There are some difficulties that aren't worked through. So there's no clearly defined way of converting those accrued hours into a requisite amount of absence or annual leave. How do you do that? Also difficult in terms of how you'll book and take leave, particularly if you're one of those workers that you know has total freedom to work as much or as little as you want. You choose the time of your working. How in practice you'll deal with that, we still don't really know. That is my whistle-stop tour through the changes. Please, please do look at the more detailed notes. Some of you are going to have to take action quite quickly in this period before Christmas. So just get in touch with us if you've got any questions. Thanks, Lucy. That's some fantastically timely content given the upcoming festive holiday season. Normal pay for periods of holiday to all and to all normal holiday pay. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today. As Lucy says, the in-house employment lawyers coffee break will be back on the agenda in the new year. And we're going to look at what you need to be looking out for in 2024. We might even tell you what the end of EU supremacy looks like if we can work it out ourselves. If you'd like to be part of our in-house employment lawyers community, please do get in touch with us. We'd love to know what you thought of today's episode. Please do leave us a review, as long as it's a nice one, wherever you get your podcasts. And lastly, visit lewisilkin.com to keep on top of the latest issues impacting the world of work. Wishing you all a safe, happy and incident-free festive party season when it comes. 